hello, welcome back to How to PhD episode 28. This week we are taking a deep dive into everything you need to know about choosing the examiners for your defence or viva. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is my first time I think to do the introduction today so feeling very honored. So my name is Julia and I'm joined by my co-host Aaron. Hi everyone. And yeah today we're going to talk about examiners for your viva or defense and I think there are a couple of things to know right before we get started maybe just to familiarize with the process. Yes exactly that. So you know of course in the in the PhD uh, or doctorate you know as you'd expect you have uh, or in most countries, you have some kind of examination process at the end of it, uh, which is called the viva or defense. And part of that is you have to choose that examiner, right? And so the people in this examination, you'll typically have a chair, right, who's mm-hmm. kind of a neutral party to make sure that everything's going uh, according to the sort of regulations and nothing unfair is happening. And then you have the internal examiner and the external examiner. Now, of course, again, this varies from uni to uni and, of course, internationally. Uh, so, for example, for my NGD, uh, which was a kind of industrial PhD, I also had an additional external industrial examiner as well. Mm. And just um, to clarify, maybe internal examiner means that they are from your university, right? Yes. And external means that they're outside of your university. Ex- exactly that. So, um, you know, part of this process is, of course, choosing those examiners, right? They're not kind of automatically picked for you. And so ideally, this process of picking the examiner should be kicked off so perhaps a month or two before submission. But it can be the last thing you want to think about, especially as you're kind of writing up in those last couple of months. So this episode, we've got three, I believe, three key tips. Uh, Yeah, three or four. I can't remember. No, three <laughs> we'll or four. surprise you. Yeah. yeah, we'll surprise you, which will basically cover everything you need to know about how you choose your examiners for your viva or defense. So let's get things kicked off with yep. how do you go about identifying examiners in the first place? So let's talk about going about identifying an examiner, trying to find one in the wild and, and reel them into your examination process. So you may, yeah, most people don't want to even think about their vibe and then they even have to think about the person examining you. Exactly. <laughs> that's quite a unique situation. I think before you never have to do that in your bachelor no, master's, that's, you have to find that's your right. examiner. It's pretty, it's it's a strange process to, to think about. Um, but we think there, there are three key areas you can begin to search for an examiner. And so one of the first places to look for is your literature, right? And so I think this is one of the best places to begin if you have no idea where to start. So just have a look at your reference list in your thesis or in your reference library and see who, who have you referenced frequently. Uh, are there particular works that you've read that really sort of stick in your mind as a really useful paper or you like the way it was written or their approach? Um, and particularly on that, whose style have you quoted that you really enjoy and, and the work fits your own? Um, mm. And I think really this is this is really important step because as, you know, as easy as it is to not feel like this, you, you really are the expert 
in your mm. topic at the yeah. at that point and you know you've done so much work in the area um and it's very likely you're going to be more familiar with the latest literature in your specific area uh, than your supervisor and um you know because you're the one who's you know actively reading and and writing a thesis i think yeah in my first in the first years um i wasn't really sure who the big authors in my field are right so people mm. throw these names around and you think like how do they know like all the um, relevant authors but I think yeah over time there will be some names that always keep popping up and as you said I think it's a really good idea also as well to look at whether you like the ra- the way that they write and because if they're for example writing a really complicated way that you don't really understand it then you probably don't want those people yeah, to it's not, it's not look at sign. your work yeah so I think yeah that's a good way actually to to see whether you're in the same wave <laughs> exactly yeah and i think the, the key thing to remember is that no one person is going to be an expert in your entire thesis right it's it's, it's very very unlikely um but it's likely that they will be an expert in in quite large chunks of your thesis and so really it's about choosing a person that's going to respect and, and understand that the crucial parts of your work um and so i think then you know once you've looked through your reference list and kind of got an idea of who those people are um have a look at find their profiles online on scholar on linkedin and, and see what they've been up to you know have they been publishing and active recently just just begin to get a kind of vibe for who, who these people are mm. um and i think that's one of the first yeah kind of actually that areas of finding an example quite nice i think to the second place to identify people which is through maybe conferences and social media so i think you said like once you've identified the people look at the profile mm, right you could yeah. also maybe you're already doing that in your phd that you're following certain academics in your field on social media on twitter for example or linkedin i don't know and i think you could a good impression like in the way that people present themselves on social media whether you kind of like them initially or, or not and um, with conferences I think um, um, obviously or most of you will probably present during their your PhDs um, at a conference whether online or in person and um, maybe you have a nice chat with some people who ask you questions interesting questions or you get to know people there or I even heard some people really connect with other connects of a social media and start like messaging and sharing stuff um which is great so i think if there's someone um that comes to your mind that you have been um engaging with um that might be a good way to start as well get the conversation started um whether they would be interested in being your viva examiner yeah and of course the advantage there is that you've met them face to face or online but you already had like something caused you to have an um a conversation so there's already an interest um, exactly. established right? yeah, yeah exactly and i think that's that's you know as we'll talk about in the next uh, or in one of the third points in this episode like understanding someone's character and how they their kind of personality is a really important part of this mm-hmm. process um so that's conferences and social media and then of course you have the the old classic option which is <laughs> which to, i chose which is what <laughs> which is what you uh, were able to do yeah. uh, which is to ask your supervisor right yes because i i had a really good relationship with both my supervisors which i appreciate not everybody has has and i'm really sorry for that i'm really glad i i did have that a good experience and i really trusted both of them to uh, choose someone for me or to recommend people so i think we had a I had a conversation um so they asked me julia do you have someone in mind and i said like i have no clue where to start so that's why we're doing this episode for you now but um they then said like okay let me have a think and actually suggested some people and i think um 
if you yeah if you trust your supervisors i think it's quite likely they will choose someone that they think is really suitable and um mm. a, will be good for and you will have a good discussion with and your wife and that really worked out for me really well um i think yeah i was quite happy with both of my examiners and they were a good mix and we're going to talk about that later i think a bit more about this mix um yeah so yeah i mean d- d- just and also use to, that option just yeah, to ask them that's right and, but to highlight you know i, I had a good relationship with my supervisors but i found that it just wasn't happening quick enough and mm. oh, I, yeah, if i because i didn't initiate that process that it didn't get done until after mm. i submitted and so um you know what while yeah not all supervisors are so proactive yeah it's then your supervisor might not be as proactive and that's kind of what we said at the top of the show to really start thinking about this a month or two before submission and it shouldn't take too much of your time to go through this process uh, but at least if you mention it to your supervisor uh, by asking them questions and begin to look through your literature and think about your conference mm. contacts then hopefully you can get a head start and, and be able to identify people yeah and actually one more method is coming to my mind how to identify um supervisor just now is um also to ask your colleagues um who maybe have done a viva in your field or or ask like on social media for example other people who are in a certain field who was your viva examiner right did you have a good experience because i think that's also um like a good indicator to see whether there are certain people who maybe don't have a good reputation as examiners or people really say oh it was this person is um really amazing i think i had that as well that the my examiner has been ex- examined someone else's phd and i already had heard that um she's really good and really kind and asks difficult but really fair questions and i think that gives you a bit of reassurance yeah, as well from exactly. someone else to hear okay it's it's all right it's gonna yeah. be okay yeah that's exactly that you know word of mouth travels word far, of mouth yeah it's extremely valuable <laughs> so let's now that you've got an idea of potentially some names where to search yeah and, and where to yeah. search uh it's now time to go a little bit deeper and start thinking about their background So let's talk about your examiner's background. So now we're doing a little bit more of a deep dive into that person that you've potentially, or group of people that you've potentially identified. Filtering through basically now. And now we're we're filtering through. So um, conflicts of interest. Uh, These are essentially things that mean that the person examining you uh, is not going to be able to do that in a completely fair and unbiased way. Um, And so a, a very basic check is of course the the person that's examining you can't be involved in your research now again this can vary from country to country i know yeah it would be interesting to hear about that actually so in germany i think that's different so my i know my sister her supervisor was also her examiner or one of her examiners and yeah which is really strange for us i think yeah um but yeah of course it depends but exactly yeah so it's you know again this is largely advice from our experience but generally it's a good thing if they're not involved in your research to have a fair and balanced defense and viva Mm. um so this can be tricky uh, but just think about also on the other side of that is does your research conflict with theirs right Are, are your results fundamentally opposing their work um so i had a colleague who went through exactly this you know his results were saying one thing and the examiner's results uh or kind mm. of um stance was was completely the opposite yeah and this is really quite problematic and in the end he got through the viva but it it was it was difficult and and he ended up with you know a lot of corrections and um, potentially someone who 
didn't have that conflict of interest may have been a little bit more open mm. to sort of receiving a different perspective on but the But he probably thought, oh, this is the main guy in my exactly, field, yeah. right? Um, so that's the ideal person, but that's why we think you have to filter through. Or <laughs> filter through. <laughs> if you want to have, have, a, have a think about it, yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, yeah, think about their background of research. So just think about sort of, you know, what perspective are they going to be looking at your work from? So in one of my, in, in one of my vibers, in, in <laughs> my viber, you? yeah, no, I'm only doing it once. Um, I had a transport safety expert. So of course, you know, straight away, he was very keen to ask questions around sort of the safety implications of my work, um, which of course my thesis was not looking at that at all. Uh, but I, I, I sort of considered that. I knew his background and I was ready to sort of explain the fact that that stuff was out of scope. And, and But I still respected it, how crucial it was and it's in the future of the work. Uh, or if I did consider that part, then I would do this. Uh, mm. And just having a think about what's the examiner's background? What's, what's, what, are they, what are their interests and how are they going to be applying it to your work? Um, it's also a very useful thing to begin to consider at this point. Yes. Um, and what I can add, maybe I think also to consider because you have usually two um, examiners to have a good mix of the people. Mm, so, for yeah. example, my case, um, one of my examiners was more an expert in the methods that I use. So she was not a topic expert like, in the area, but she knew the methods really well. Whereas my other um, examiner um, was not, I think he was more a quantitative researcher, whereas my work was... Um, or the bulk of my work was qualitative um, or mixed method then um, and I think that was a really nice mix for me and we had really good conversations because both could bring in their expertise and we could discuss the work on different levels so I think really think about which type of conversation you want to have mm, um, yeah. I think and sometimes I think people are scared of having a topic expert and you said okay there might be good reasons to if your um, results are conflicting with that you might have a hard time and don't do that <laughs> But I think um, having a topic expert can make the conversation discussions actually more easier and more interesting because they already know what's going on in your field. They have an idea of the problems and challenges. So to give an example, um, if your work is... Um, in, for example, you're trying to interview a group that is really difficult um, to reach um, or, yeah, it's about a very sensitive topic. You might have a really um, difficult time recruiting people and someone who is also working in that kind of area will have more empathy for that and write and understand how difficult it is. Whereas if you're from a different um, like area, maybe they don't understand, like, why do you only have so little um, participants? So I think, yeah, really don't be afraid of having someone who's in your field it's it's really exciting i think yeah um and, and but i yeah. think that yeah that point around methods is really important because you know for example if you've done a lot of qualitative work but then you get an examiner who's, who is an expert person. yeah who's an expert in your field but is just quantitative and you know you look through their work and you only ever see statistical work and stuff like that then you know they very strong chance they might not appreciate the mm. value of qualitative work yeah, you yeah. know and so there's a risk there as you say which is is really important to identify that mm. um and yeah it's a really good point in being able to think about the background of of these people that who who are going to be examining you so that's kind of more the the how we call the sort of technical background yeah, the, the well, objective background now this next part is potentially a little bit more is well it's definitely more subjective mm. um but this is where you can begin to just i think it's kind of the last step in this process of filtering um and it's really to think about the character of mm. the examiner 
Okay, so the last thing that you might want to begin to consider to potentially filter down those last few examiner candidates is, is begin to think about potentially the examiner's character, right? Now, this is highly subjective, right? And of course, you can never truly know what a person is like. So we would really want to emphasize, you know, don't overthink this part of this whole process. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the general rule of thumb is that the, the potentially the more experienced an examiner is, then the less likely they feel that they have anything to prove, right? So, I mean, consider this uh, from the other, from like kind of the examiner's perspective. Um, if they are an examiner who's, this is their first viva, they might be nervous, right? And, and interestingly, you know, usually despite sort of marking guidance, that universities usually give, examiners will naturally read a thesis in the way that they want to, right? And and the way that they kind of want to pick on things and, and sort of uh, question things. Um, and so in that case, you know, it's good to have someone who's potentially experienced and has, has been through this process many, many times. Now, of course, that's not to say a younger examiner is, is not going to be as good. That's absolutely not true. Um, but potentially you might get a more rounded conversation about the sort of higher level topic as opposed to kind of really specific nitty gritty stuff um, with a more experienced examiner. But again, that's it's it's very, very subjective. And of course, in my examination, I had quite a mix of examiners or I had one who was very experienced uh, one who was kind of had done a, a fair few uh, and then of course my industrial examiner this was his completely the first time he was doing anything like this uh, in fact at the beginning of the Bible he said how excited he was to take part in a process <laughs> oh. like this so um, you know it, it, that, you know again if you end up with a team or an examination panel of all you know early career researchers that's fine. You know, it's not going to be the end of the world. Um, but of course, on the other hand, if you are trying to choose between two examiners as, as one to put forward, then potentially the one who's more experienced um, might be the one who's a benefit. Yeah, but I think in the end, you really have to go with your gut feeling, right? You never, as you said, you, you never really know how someone will be like yeah. and, and the vibe in this situation, um, how they will come across. But um, in the end, I think it's always good also to remember that the person doesn't have that much power in the way because like even if the person gives you a really hard time or um, you don't really feel comfortable or you have not maybe the most amazing discussion, um, that doesn't mean that the outcome of your viva will be negative or not good, right? Or that they will let you fail because as you said, they themselves can be nervous. It's a big responsibility for them as well. They really have to make sure they're not there are no big holes um, in, in your thesis. So they're also like accountable for that. But if they would let you fail, which they won't, um, then they really would have to justify that. And so whoever you choose in the end, it's not going to be the, the biggest thing in the world, I think, who they are. Um, what really matters is the hard work. And if you're at the stage of your viva, that means you already would have submitted um, your thesis. Um, your supervisors would have looked at that. So don't don't worry in the end. It's yeah, it will be all right. Um, but I would always recommend um, whoever, when you've identified someone to ask your supervisor, whether they know the person that you yeah want to contact and um, whether they know them and um, I think in case they really signal you that oh this person might not be the best one or your supervisor maybe there's some rivalry or 
these two have some history maybe i would yeah. not be comfortable to choose someone where my supervisor really says you should not choose that person yeah and i think that's that that really important point uh, that we i think we mentioned this in the viva episode as well when we, we talked about you know how to do the actual defense itself um is that it's really important to remember that the viva is really that it's just the one final last step and it can feel like the biggest step of the whole process but actually as you say Julia, that the bulk of the work the the effort is has already all been done and so like we said if you all these tips that we've given you this is all kind of the the cherry on top really it's it's not necessary at all and you can end up with a, a random group of examiners um and you can navigate that absolutely fine uh, if you prepare in in the right way um so don't feel like it will be the it's the it's the end of the world if you don't get who you want um but keeping these tips in mind can just help you optimize just a little bit more of that mm. process um and so some some final practical tips you know just very basic tip you know make sure you know when you're uh, looking at these examiners that you get their name their email address and the university written down and just email it over to your supervisors and say hey look this is th- these are some people i found you know maybe give you know two or three options uh, for each position in the examination panel and just say look I, I think these guys will be good do you have any opinions as, as Julia said you know ask your supervisors um, and I think the key thing and we mentioned this before as well is you know the earlier the better you know just be proactive in the process uh, don't let it sit I know it's it's it is the last thing you want to be thinking about when you're writing up your thesis and you're in that full focus mode on, on hitting that deadline um, but it's something that you know, potentially you could spend, you know, maybe just 10 minutes for a day for like two or three days, just kind of browsing and having a look. Um, And if you do that, then it's kind of one less thing on your mind. And hopefully you'll end up picking uh, examiners who will lead to a very fruitful and enjoyable examination process. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of How to PhD. Of course, as always, if you know someone who you think could benefit from this episode and is potentially looking at uh, Viva or Defence examiners, then please do share this episode with them. Uh, And if you enjoy listening to How to PhD and you would like to support us, you can do that by leaving a review over on Apple Podcasts or on Audible or by visiting our website at www.howtophd.com. Dot show and leaving a small donation through buy me a coffee huge shout out to all of our supporters over there um, really wonderful to have so much support from so many listeners from around the world um, do get in touch as well contact at howtophd.show is our show email if you're interested in signing up for a one-to-one session then one-to-one at howtophd.show is the email address for that twitter and instagram at howtophdshow and as always thanks to jobs.ac.uk for continuing to share our show and and supporting us so i think that's everything for this week hopefully this has given you all the tools you need to to feel confident about the examiners you're going to pick Um, and you can go into that process with a lot of confidence and and faith that you'll have a good examination uh viva process so uh I believe that's all there is to say yes and as always if you have any ideas for subjects that you would like us to cover you can just get in touch um like someone did for this episode we always are open for new um ideas yeah always open so until next time take care and we will see you all next time <laughs>